Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. So this week, we are talking about worship, and I thought, well, who better to share with you about that than our minister of music, our worship leader, Zach, and I think he and the praise and worship team are doing an awesome, awesome job. So give them a big hand clap. Also, one other thing, and then I'll turn it over to him. Did you notice that we had some of our teens involved in the worship this morning? Amen. Amen. So Zach, take it away. Good morning, everybody. Hope y'all are doing well. Hey, so we're going to talk about worship this morning and what it is. And as I look around the room, I see a lot of familiar faces. So I know a lot of us have been in church a long time. So I'm going to make a statement, and I feel like most of you are going to nod your heads, and that is worship is not simply just the music we sing at the beginning of the service. Would y'all agree with that? Most, most of us in a church context understand that. So then we say, well, what is worship? And then it gets kind of, well, we start, we start giving answers like, it's a lifestyle. Have y'all ever said that before or heard somebody say that? You know how people don't go on diets anymore? They just, it's a new lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's a new lifestyle. Y'all know about that? Yeah. Like, so, so, so what is worship? It reminds me of The, the Last Jedi. You guys, Star Wars fans? Any Star Wars fans in the house? You know, we finally, after all these years, Luke Skywalker is the, the Jedi, like the supreme Jedi. And our new hero, Rey, he's going to train her. and He's going to teach her about the Force. And she says, you know, so tell me, what is the Force? And he's like, well, it's an energy that surrounds us and binds us. And, and she says, oh, okay, but what is it? And I think sometimes as Christians, we, we approach worship in that way. No, I know, I know it's not just the singing. But if we were to just really ask ourselves, what is it? How do you define it? Well, I don't know. That's hard to define. So we're going to look at that this morning because worship is not just music. Um, and we're going to take the example of the tabernacle that Moses built. God gave very specific instructions. And we're going to see how worship is and what worship is and how, how it's laid out. And as you guys can tell, I'm sitting down this morning because, you know, y'all are sitting down. It only seemed fair. So, I'm going to, you know, I know normally I just kind of run back and forth from side to side. I'm not going to do that this morning. So, uh, our, our scripture text this morning is found in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. And it says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Next verse, By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. That's Hebrews 10, 19 through 22. Uh, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come in here 
Uh, Lord, I ask that our, our hearts and minds would be open to what you have to say about worship this morning, that we would receive this and begin to understand this, and that we would grow in this. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for all that you've done for us, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. So, we're talking about worship, and we're talking about Moses' tabernacle, and everything that we just read there in Hebrews is talking about Jesus and the fulfillment of all those steps, but we've got to learn first. Now, I'm sure all of us are familiar with the tabernacle. This is the one that Moses built. When the children of Israel had been freed from Egypt, but before they got to the promised land, they were wandering around in the desert, and God gave instructions for Moses to build a place where God's presence could be so that he could be worshipped. He didn't want for the children to not have a way to worship him. And it's a, it's a loving kind of worship. It's a communion kind of worship. So the thing about it is, there were certain people that were set aside, and those people were priests. And the priests were the ones who carried out the act of worship in this time. People would come in, they'd bring their sacrifices, but the priests would actually do the sacrifice. The priests were the only ones that could go into the Holy of Holies. Priests, they did the jobs around the tabernacle, and um, that's, that's really interesting because now Jesus has made us priests. In fact, in Revelations 1.6, he says that he's made us a kingdom of priests. So now we know, we've just opened the Bible and seen it, uh, we're the worshipers. Our job is to worship. That's what it was for the priests in the tabernacle. It was their job. They didn't have any other people worked to get money and to bake bread. And the priests, it was their job. And so now that's us. Now that's our job. So going through the tabernacle, here we go. We're going to start at the gate. You've got to enter. And you've got to be grateful. You've got to be thankful. Psalms 104 says what? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Y'all know that scripture, right? Everybody knows that scripture. So to enter into worship, the password is thankfulness. That's it. It's that simple. To get into worship, to begin in the act of worship, you first got to be thankful. Take a moment and think about that for a second. Let's talk about Sunday morning. Let's use me as an example. How many times on a Sunday morning does somebody not show up and I'm left running around trying to figure out who's going to do the job that they were scheduled to do? Every Sunday. And it's so tempting for me to get grouchy about that. And I'm supposed to be the worship leader. I'm supposed to be the first one through the gates with joy and thankfulness. And I have to constantly remind myself that it's my job. Not as the worship guy at Family Worship Center. As the son of God. It's my job as a son of God. As a son of God, it's my job to come in thankful. Sunday morning, Monday morning. You know, Monday's my day off. I, I don't work my day job on Mondays. That's my day off, but I still have to get up early and take my children to school. It's my job to be thankful. Tuesday morning when I go to my real job, it's my job to be thankful. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Got to start off with thankful. So at Family Worship Center, what does that look like? Like for us, when we want to be thankful. Right, what do we sing? Uh, we, uh. Give thanks for all you have done. I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing. Lord, I am grateful. I tell you what, y'all going to have to help me out with that. Because it's not a concert. I give thanks for all you have done. 
yourselves a hand. That was great. So worship is not just music, but we're going to use music to explain it. How's that for, for a good time? So we've entered in thankfulness, gratefulness. That's the password to begin worship. And when you enter through the gate into Moses' tabernacle, the tabernacle that Moses built, once you're in, the very first thing is the altar of sacrifice. That's the very next step. You want to start worship? Boom, the altar of sacrifice. Now, these guys were paying, watch this, paying for sins that they had committed in their past. They lived in a, in a bad credit system. They'd commit a sin, then they'd have to go do the proper sacrifice to atone for that sin. And we don't do that anymore because Jesus, outside of time, past, present, and future, paid for sins that you and I haven't even committed yet. He moved ahead of the set he completed the sacrificial system in a way that humankind never could never could if you think about karma people talk about karma how illogical that is like you're supposed to be a good person and if you go do something bad to get your karma right you got to go so if i do something bad on tuesday to get my karma right i've got to do something good on wednesday y'all follow but you're supposed to be good on wednesday anyway so you're always behind the sacrificial system was set up to teach us that we need Jesus. The temple is laid out, the tabernacle is laid out to show us who Jesus is. Jesus in his own life on this earth lived out the example of each of these sections of the tabernacle that we're looking at this morning. Jesus, the triumphal entry, the week before he was crucified, he rode into town and people were singing holy and great. They were thankful. They were grateful. They put their coats on the ground for him to walk in. They were given a shout of praise, just like Psalms 100 tells us. So we get to the altar. It's time for sacrifice. Jesus has paid it all. We agree on that? That sacrificial system is dead. Jesus paid for our sins, and that's done. But we're talking about worship. We've got to bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. So how is that? I want to look at that at two different ways this morning. One is, well, here's something that, that I heard in the past several months. And it was at a time when I was struggling with some stuff. And I'd never thought about it, and it really spoke to me. And that is this. Worshiping us, choosing to worship in pain, during hardship, during hard times, choosing to worship through pain is the greatest privilege that we as humans have. Now process that for a moment. When you get to heaven, you will spend eternity worshiping God. And there will be no reason not to. There will be no pain. There will be no death. There will be no sorrow. There will be no suffering. But here on this earth, we have the privilege of choosing to worship God in the worst circumstances that we face in our lives. Have y'all ever thought about that before? If y'all are like me, generally would consider yourself a good worshiper. But man, sometimes... Me and God, yeah, we're not talking right now. That's human nature. I think that's normal. But instead, if I choose in those times when I don't want to talk to God, if I choose then to worship through that pain and continue to say, Father, you are holy, even when I don't understand the circumstance, even when I am bitter about this circumstance, Father, you are holy. What a blessing, what a, what a privilege that is for us 
to be able to do that because we won't be able to do that in heaven. We'll be worshiping God because he is holy, and there will be no doubt about it. How great is it for us to, in the middle of the doubt, continue to believe that God is holy? But this morning, so that's just food for thought. This morning, the, the idea of bringing a sacrifice is, is uh, repentance, right? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And in this order of worship, as we're going in, we've got to, we've got to repent. If we're coming into the holy presence of God, we've got to begin to repent for our sins. Do y'all believe that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, at Family Worship Center, what does that, what does that look like for us? When we come in and we just want to say, I'm sorry, and I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry, and I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started, and I opened up my heart to you. And I'm sorry. So there we go. We've moved in. We've come through the gate with thankfulness. And we've come to the altar of repentance. And how many of you know this altar is where the sacrifices of animals were made? This was a bloody, smelling, nasty, ugly thing. And it's required. For us, it's, it's repentance because Jesus paid all that for us. So we come to the altar of repentance. Then the next step in the order of worship, is, is, is the golden labor, which is where we're to cleanse ourselves. And it's interesting, that the instructions that were given in Exodus, he's, God told Moses to tell the people, tell the women to bring their mirrors, and we're going to build a, a labor out of their mirrors. So this labor was made out of bronze, and it would have looked like a bronze birdbath, basically. But they're mirrors, you say. But they didn't use glass mirrors in those days. They used polished bronze. And they polished it, and they polished it, and they polished it until there was a reflection. And they used this polished bronze to build the basin of this birdbath, this labor. And when the priest had finished the sacrifice, and he's covered in blood and everything else, before he can go into the holy place, he's got to wash. And he steps up to the labor, and he looks down, and he sees the reflection of himself. This is a moment for the priest, and it is a moment for us to think about where we stand with God, and also to think about who we are with God. You're supposed to look at it both ways. I'm a child of God. I'm adopted by the king. Also, I'm a flawed and sinful man. It's a point of reflection. You know, I've told you guys before, in your spiritual journey, as you get closer to Jesus, you become more aware of the sin in your life. The more you become more like Jesus, the more you begin to realize some of the stuff that's been kind of the buried sins that you haven't, maybe have ignored or just haven't realized. The devil will use that to kind of trip you up sometimes as you're getting better at your, 
your devotional time and your prayer time is becoming more real for you every day, and then you begin to remember a sin and you begin to feel guilty, the devil tries to use that to pull you away, but don't let it. You're getting closer to Jesus and his glorious shining light in dark places you didn't know you had. So the priest would step to the laver, have a moment of self-reflection, and begin to cleanse himself and wash himself. And for us, we need to wash ourselves. And we, the Bible says we wash with the word. The Bible says we wash with the Bible. Ephesians 5.26. Washed in the word. And so for us, true worship involves daily spiritual discipline. We've got to be washed in the word. That means we've got to open up that Bible every week. Hey, guys, don't just come in here on Sundays and live off of the crumbs of our pastor's personal devotional time because you'll be malnourished. To truly worship, we've got to be grateful, we've got to be repent, we've got to be sorry, and we've got to get in the word. So, what does that look like at Family Worship Center? that daily building our lives in God's word. So we've entered in through the gate. We've brought a sacrifice. We've chosen to have daily devotional and, and cleanse ourselves in the washing of the word. Now, now we're getting out of the public territory and we're going into the territory where only the priests can go. So is there anybody here who would qualify for going on our next step? Yes, because we are all priests. He has made us a kingdom of priests. Now we begin to go into the holy place. In the holy place, there's three objects. There is the altar of incense, the golden lampstand, and the table of showbread. And we're going to stop at the table of showbread this morning and begin to focus. This is literally communion. 1,400 years before Jesus explained to us that it was communion. On this table, there's 12 loaves of bread. Each loaf is pierced right to the middle. On this table, there are golden utensils and, and golden wine goblets for a sacrifice of wine. The priests would go in, and they'd go to this table, and they'd pour out the wine as a sacrifice. Once, once a month, they would eat the bread and drink the wine, Commun performing communion. For 1,400 years, they just did it out of obedience, not knowing why. And here is this beautiful, perfect symbol of what Jesus did for us. He even laid it out for us on the night before he gave his life for us. This is my body. This is my blood. And that bread and that wine has been part of God's worship from the beginning. So we commonly call it the table of showbread because of the translations of Hebrew words. The bread of face is like the most literal translation. The bread of FaceTime, the bread of 
presence. God literally is setting up a place for his priest to go in and sit down and commune with him and to be in God's presence. And at this time, only a priest could do it. And at this time, it required sacrifice and blood to get there. And now it's open for all of us because of what Jesus did, right? The presence of God. What, so when we're talking about worship, ultimately, what is our goal here? Is it to sing loud and shout? Sure. Is it to be quiet and read your Bible? Is it to go in your prayer closet? Sure. But ultimately, it's about getting into the presence of God. And once we're in the presence of God, exclaiming how holy and glorious he is. Holy and glorious God is. So, in the presence of God, of course. What's interesting about this, this table of FaceTime is it's, sorry, it's still, it's still a step. It's, this is not the end goal. We don't come through the gate, thankfully, and then wash in repentance and then wash in the word and then go be in God's presence and that's done and worship is complete. There's more to it. There are other elements in this room, and we, you, you can look at those and apply them to your life. You can see the golden lampstand that is uh, sometimes people call it the candelabra, but it's not a candle. It's very clearly lamps or bowls with oil and a wick, and the priests were to continually pour olive oil. A candle consumes itself and burns itself out. But a lamp refreshed with the oil of the Holy Spirit can continually burn and can go on and can go on and can go on. You can apply that in your life. A table of presence, and now, now that we're in God's presence, now finally we get to go into the Holy of Holies. And there's nothing but true worship of God in this place, in this holy of holies. Matter of fact, we have a scripture, uh, Revelations 4.11. Look at this, Revelations 4.11. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what pleased you. That's what worship is all about right there. Absolutely. It all comes down to that. So, we've gone, uh, we've gone through the tabernacle pretty quick, I guess. So this morning, I think we should worship together. So, I would like everybody to stand with me. We're going to do a little worshiping. So the first step is to enter through the gate with thanksgiving, right? 
So what I want everybody to do is just take a moment and think about something that you're grateful for. Just, just a second. Just think about it for a second. It could be something specific or it could be something in general. And, and I'm going to count us down, three, two, one. And when I count us down, three, two, one, we're all going to shout the thing that we're the most grateful for. And we're going to shout it this morning, okay? I know it's 1136, and this is supposed to be in the middle of the sermon, and you guys are comfortable, and I made you all stand up. So we're going to get the blood pumping with a little shouting. Okay, y'all, something y'all are grateful for? Are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it? Okay, here we go. You ready? Three, two, one. Mercy. Okay, I said something you're grateful for. Okay, as loud as you can, something you're grateful for, something you're thankful for. Three, two, one. Yes. All right, very good, guys. Very good. We are now in the gates. So what's next? The altar of repentance, right? Where we confess our sin. Now, I'm not going to ask y'all to shout out your deepest, darkest sin this morning. Don't worry. Because Jesus has paid for all those sins. And we're grateful for that, aren't we? But we have to have repentance to enter into worship. So this morning, when I count us down, three, two, one, we're all together going to shout, I'm sorry. Okay? Are y'all ready? Three, two, one. I'm sorry. Awesome. Next step, we've got to be washed in the word. So, TJ, let's read that Revelations 4.11 again, and we'll all read it together this time. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Amen. Next step is the table of showbread, right? The presence. So everybody just look around real quick. Look around, look around. Do you see more than two people in this room? Are we here to worship God? Then his presence is with us this morning. And there's really nothing else that we can do but worship him. Glory and praise, power and strength. 